The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 482. Going to recap your week 12 fab action, talk about some recent news and more as we do on a weekly basis for your fantasy baseball needs. First off, you can check me out on Twitter at BDintrick. If you give the podcast a rate and review on iTunes or Spotify, I truly would appreciate it. But more importantly, I have a special guest today, a returning guest of the show, good friend of the show, great individual I got to meet at First Pitch Arizona. And just an all-around good guy. You can find his work over at NBC Sports Edge, you know, SK Playbook, Bases Loaded Podcast, because he puts up with Curlin, because I said he's a nice guy. That's what he does. Uh, he's on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. Jorge Montanez, how are we doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Thanks thanks for inviting me on tonight. Uh, yeah, always enjoy talking talking with you. And yeah, man, it was, it was nice meeting you, hanging out in, in Arizona for a bit. Looking forward to doing it again this year. Uh, and yeah, Cur- Curlin and I, we kind of balance each other out, you, you know. <laughs> You know, Curland, he's a lot, and uh, you know, I'm I'm much more low key. So, yeah, we kind of balance each other out there. <laughs> you definitely are the yin and the yang to each other. That is 100% correct. Uh, before we dig in on the news and and the fab and whatnot, uh, let everybody know what you got going on. So I know you're a busy guy with NBC Sports Edge and everything else. Yeah, I got a lot going on right now. Just uh, went through a move this month, so it's crazy. You don't realize how much stuff you have until until you actually move. That's uh, the truth. So yeah, I've been real busy, but yeah, just uh, still getting stuff done over at NBC Sports Edge. Uh, every Monday morning, I have my uh, five by five finds article out, and there I just kind of highlight some waiver wire targets for um, five by five category leagues and stuff. So uh, yeah, check that out uh, Monday mornings, and then uh, keep I uh, maintain like the uh, bullpen reports and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I haven't recorded uh, with Mike in a, in a while. Just, just been really busy, but hope to get back on there soon, too. Yeah, no doubt about it. Everyone's got stuff going on, but uh, it's always fun to hear you two chatted up. So looking forward to that. Let's get into some recent news. Not as much as usual, thank goodness. Or I just ignored a lot of it because it's been bad lately with injuries. And we'll start off with a positive note here. The Pittsburgh Pirates are worth watching right now, Jorge. Um, O'Neill Cruz finally got the call, and he's been nothing short of what we'd expect already, I would say, maybe even better than we would expect. 
couple hits in his debut, uh, just lighting the world on fire in the StatCast world. Already got a stolen base on uh, Tuesday night, just doing all the things we'd hope for. Uh, what's your thoughts on O'Neill Cruz? Like, um, were you aggressive on him in Fab? Would you be aggressive on him in Fab if he's still available? Uh, this is going to be a fun little run for him. Yeah, I, I would be for sure. Um, if, if I had any fab left at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I went uh, aggressive early on this, this season with a couple guys like Alec Thomas, who's been pretty solid. A uh, couple guys like that. But uh, yeah, O'Neal Cruz, I mean, if he, you've got the the fab and and uh, he, he's out there for, for sure. I mean, you look at this guy. I mean, he has all the tools to, to just be a, a stud down the stretch here. Um, just yeah, like you said, um, the first time in a while, I actually checked to see uh, when the Pirates are playing today on the schedule, mm-hmm. uh, so I could check that out. And uh, yeah, should be should be really fun to watch him. I mean, you know, look, looking at the uh, the AAA numbers are uh, a little underwhelming as far as like the surface like uh, slash line, but I mean, nine homers, eleven steals, and, and really, I mean, we've seen him just the, the quality of contact this guy makes. I mean, yeah, the the only the big question here is going to be like his hit tool. Um, where, where that strikeout rate's going to land, but I mean, how hard he hits the ball. I mean, that's, that's going to, that's going to mask a lot of deficiencies uh, at least early on until uh, the league gets uh, gets a book on him. So, I mean, can, can he come up and do maybe like, uh, you know, we've seen like Fernando Tatis come up and uh, his rookie year and hit, you know, 20 homers and double digit steals, even with the 30% strikeout rate. Uh, we saw Keston Hira kind of come up and do that until the league figured out he couldn't hit a high fastball. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think the potential's there really for for him to to be a one of those league winners down the stretch. Yeah, I'm just happy he's. Pre- I know it's only two games; a lot could happen, but it's just fun to see. Like, screw you, Pirates! You had all these excuses not to bring him up, and all he's done is light the world on fire since he's been here. Like, even defensively, you're throwing BBs from short to first. Like, he just looks so good out there, and I hope it continues. Though it was not like a couple game thing, and he just disappears. But it's fun to see that happen for a team that just kind of tried to play the uh, the game to save a few dollars and it's i hope it burns them in a big way but we'll see uh, they got jackson winsky up through three homers off our giants over the weekend he's actually been pretty serviceable <laughs> yeah. in deeper leagues like they got they got something brewing but you're just waiting for him to screw it up somehow but um it's it's fun to watch so we'll see how that one plays out with Cruz and company in pittsburgh um the rays though manny margot and kevin kiermeyer both go to the aisle with lower body injuries Margot's expected the, the word from Cash going to miss a lot of time is what he said. That's never good. Kevin Kiermaier is going to be out for a bit as well. Josh Lowe got recalled. You know, people like Vlad and company are very excited about that. Um, what's your thoughts on this Rays outfield situation? Yeah, I mean, I imagine, uh, you know, so Josh Lowe had his first little taste in the, in the majors earlier this year. I mean, he was pretty much playing every day, even against uh, lefties. I imagine that's going to continue here. He was in the lineup today, um, batting six against the lefty. And then especially now with both Marco and and, uh, Kiermaier out, uh, you imagine he's going to get every opportunity here. I mean, I'm not so sure, you know, that there's that he has a a lot left to prove at at the triple A level. I mean, he has pretty much, um, yeah, over 600 plate appearances there in triple A now where he's uh, really produced. He was hitting 299 uh, there, uh, you know, and he's got, you know, the power speed potential. Uh, is pretty much all he's done in, in, since he arrived at, at AAA. So, I mean, it's it's really strikeout rates. Uh, the strikeout rate's a problem, really. But, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I won't say, like, he maybe doesn't have that uh, O'Neill Cruz kind of potential because I think, you know, Cruz definitely hit, impacts the ball uh, just differently. And uh, But low, I mean, yeah, he's definitely got some power speed uh, there. It's just going to depend uh, how he can hit. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I know a lot of people broke the bank for him the first time around. Then they dropped him because he got sent back down, but he's back now. He might be available. People might have already grabbed him already. Who knows? But um, he's one worth speculating on. I agree with you, especially with, you know, Kiermaier out for a bit, Margot out for a while, it looks like. Lowe should get some serious run unless he just completely hits a wall. Like, they're they're, mm-hmm. they're going to give him a shot here. You mentioned the power-speed combo. He's, it's just a swing and miss tool. Can, can he fix that or do just enough to make it work? Like, can you go Tyler O'Neill for us and, like, strike mm-hmm. out 30% but still get some power speed? What can he do? And I think the Rays at least give him a little a run to do it. You made a great point there. The Rays are a, a massive platoon team, but the fact they let him play versus lefties pretty regularly is a big deal. So that's definitely something to monitor going forward and uh, definitely worth uh, taking a chance on in your deeper leagues, if not even a 12-teamer, I'd say, uh, going forward. 
before we get to the next point here, we have a visitor in the chat. Uh, Mike Curlin says, how dare you cheat on me, Jorge? Hey, Jorge said nice things about you, okay? So you better be nice, Curlin. Go away. Um, yeah, that's that's good old Mikey for you. He's, can't even get enough. He has to try to take the limelight, and he's not even on the show. This is what Mike Curlin does. Yohan uh, Moncada, it's been a rough season, to say the least, for Yohan Moncada. And now he's back on the injured list with the hamstring injury flaring up again. So it's just a, it was lingering. It's back. Bad enough to go on the DIL. Given Jake Berger's producing pretty well, so might give him a reason to hey go clear your mind, Mankata. Lots of things to think about there. Uh, so, what's your thoughts on this going forward? I guess it's twofold. What's your, what are you doing with Mankata? Like I've dropped him in places. And then, uh, what's your thoughts on Jake Berger replacing Mankata? Yeah, man, it's so it's it's unfortunate with Mankata. I mean, I really uh, want. I was I was one to give him a pass uh, after 2020 with uh, the whole COVID stuff. Uh, and then uh, really just underwhelmed last year. And now, you know, it, it seems he's kind of these these recurring like soft tissue injuries. You know, they, they keep coming up with, with him. And yeah, just given how he's performed so far this year and and the injury, I mean, yeah, I could definitely understand dropping him. He, he almost suckered me back in this draft season talking about, uh, you know, 30 steals. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not doesn't look like that's happening. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, I I think um, I, I'm with you as far as uh, him being a drop even in in 12 teamers. And then uh, Jake Berger, I mean, yeah, he's been he's he's done some good things here. I mean, I, I think Berger is going to be pretty much like your typical streaky you know power hitter. Um, but yeah, definitely if you need if you need some power, I mean, I'd definitely be going after Berger, especially just given the third base landscape. Uh, he's pretty much been playing every day at third base. Uh, now with Tim Anderson back, I can see um, you know Danny Mendek getting some time at third with uh, Berger moving over to DH. But I think for the most part, he should be in the lineup and maybe like five at least five games a week. Yeah, and he mashes. He mashes. I, I, I grabbed him a few weeks ago for cheap. It hasn't been as great as it was there for a while, but I still like what the hit tool he brings to the table. So especially at a third base position, that's just so nasty. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan of what Berger can offer. And yeah, I'm caught. I'm with you. I was banging the drum after the covid like hey look he's gonna be fine this and that and it just has not panned out he's still super young so he might figure it out in the next couple years but it's it's looking like this might be one that uh, just didn't materialize which is a shame to see uh let's go to milwaukee with the aaron ashby situation when i recorded last thursday with bloomfield this happened like an hour before we recorded so we didn't have any information on it he just left with left forearm inflammation and that's what they're still calling it but all the MRIs came back clean. That night, they even said, oh, he will, he'll make his next start. Well, he's on the IL because it's a little worse than they thought, but still not bad at all, they say. I'm still concerned. don't know about you. But he said he felt it when he was trying to throw a breaking ball. That doesn't make me feel overwhelming. Uh, so what's your thoughts on this Aaron Ashby deal? Because he's great. Everybody had him in fantasy. And I, I just have a hard time believing it's just no big deal. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I hear you. I mean – it's just we've seen this too many times now we've seen it too many times where um yeah uh forearm inflammation where you know it it turn ends up turning into a long-term thing and and you know hopefully that's not the case here i i want to think that maybe the the uh cut down uh for the the pitcher limits uh on the team rosters might have had something to do with it i mean i'd I'd like to think that uh but uh, I mean, yeah, you just never know. I mean, he was doing, yeah, he was doing some good things. You know, had six uh, over sixty percent ground ball rate. He was getting strikeouts. Uh, definitely looked like you know he he belonged there in the starting rotation, and and maybe down the stretch he, as he continued to to uh, develop there and, and stuff that he would he would be really one of these really useful pitchers for us in the second half. But yeah, ho- hopefully that injury is not you know too serious. Um, and yeah, I mean, all all that we're hearing right now is that he'll be ready to come back, but. You just never know with these things, and it's just a story that we've we've heard a lot, too many times. Yeah, too many times, and so it's definitely something to monitor. Uh, the Brewers already lost Freddie Peralta for a long time. Woodruff looks to be coming back, but his injury is so freaky that it sounds like it can pop up at any moment. So that's one to keep an eye on. Eric Lauer is starting to fall back to Eric Lauer mode. Um, they looked like a juggernaut at one point. Now it's going to be interesting. So watch Aaron Ashby very, very closely. Another one that's a shame is Mookie Betts, who was looking like he's going to set the record for runs scored potentially in a season. He was just doing everything. And for you and I, that stinks, obviously. But um, for fantasy, it's awesome. And Betts is just a great ball player, so it's fun to watch. But cracked ribs. And this isn't good because for those that follow Derek Rhodes, who's a very, very good injury guy on Twitter, he was putting like the kind of average timetables and stuff for similar injuries. And it's almost like a two-month deal. 
at least. Like it was not looking pretty. Um, some really good NFBC players have debated dropping him. I think that's still a little rushed right now. I'd, I'd still wait a little bit there. But what's your thoughts on this deal? Because it's bad enough that the Dodgers are already rumored to be looking to trade for a right fielder right now. That's how bad it is to me. Yeah, yeah, I know they, uh, I know they picked up uh, Trace Thompson, uh, and then they called up Zach McKinstry. So uh, you know, you'd hope that that's just kind of a stopgap. If they, I, I know they, Dave Roberts and 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 Mookie himself kind of, they're kind of optimistic that he'll be back in in two weeks. But you just, yeah, uh, you just never know, I guess. And I, I, it would make more, it would make a lot of sense, you know, if if you see them going after uh, a right fielder. Um, then the, the writing's kind of on the wall there that that it's going to be a little bit long term. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't rush to drop him right now at, at all. Um, like you said, he's he's been awesome. This was kind of yeah like a freak thing. See, I, I was kind of scared off by the the injury concerns coming into the year, and man, I was I've been regretting that. And and this is just like, th- I mean, it like you said, it sucks because I mean M- Mookie has been one of my favorite players to to watch. Period. Um, so it always always sucks to see a guy go down. But, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully they're optimistic and hopefully he can't come back soon. Yeah, that's why I always joke around about it because I, I say it all the time is it stinks because you want to, like, hate the Dodgers, but there's so many guys you could like on the Dodgers, for, like, from baseball yeah. senses. <laughs> it was one thing when he's, like, the old school. Now, they, you know, Betts and Bueller and, like, he, Kershaw even has, like, a, something about him now. Like, there's all these guys. It's just, like, they're good yeah. ball players. It's hard to, like, hate them. And um, makes yeah, me feel gross sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It really does. Cause you're like, I, I'm supposed to, you're in blue and white. Like we're not going to get along. Like this is how, but it's tough. It's very tough. So yeah, hopefully Betts is fine. I, I, I'm with you. And the only share I have of him is that F pass draft we did because that was before all the injury news came out. I was with mm-hmm. you. Like when I started hearing the news, I'm like, yeah, he's going to go down the board for me. And then by then I never got him. So I was regretting it as well in a big, big way. So we'll see how that one pans out. Uh, last bit of news here, Frank Schwindel. He was on a bit of a heater there. So most of the Cubs were, but he slowed down like most of the Cubs are. And um, he's on the IL with a lower back strain, and back strains are never fun. So is it just time to cut bait with Schwindel and move on? Yeah, yeah. Right now, yeah. It, 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 I think it's time to, to cut bait and, and move on uh, from Schwindel. I think they have, uh, was it Alfonso Rivas playing first base right now? But he's not really doing much, uh, all, anything really interesting there. Um, so yeah, I, I would just I would cut bait and, and move on. Yep, I'm with you there. All right, let's get into some fab of the week. We'll go over like we usually do in FBCOCs for the recent week's fab. Go over the top X amount of players. We'll just talk for about a half hour or so on the uh, most added players in each league and kind of how we think about what they bring to the table. Was it worth adding? So on and so forth. Maybe give some intakes on uh, what we did in the week of fab. But it was one of those weeks, Jorge. I don't know about you. And you said you spent a lot of your fab money already this year. Um, it feels like it wasn't like a major overpowering week. Maybe it was Father's Day weekend, but even just looking at the player movement page, there's only one player added in over 100 leagues. Usually there's a lot of players over 100 leagues. So it was like, I think the main targets just were taken already is what it feels like. Um, how Before we get into the guys, I guess, how has FAB been going for you besides you said spending like on Alec Thomas and a few others? How has the uh, the FAB process been going for you this year? Yeah, not, not too bad. Not too bad. Like I, I said, um, I've been pretty aggressive early on. Um, but uh, like I think like last week, I was able to uh, pick up John Gray in um, in a twelve teamer, um, and yeah, he's been coming around. And uh, early on, I was really uh, I, I kind of bought in right away to Kyle Wright. I was able to pick him up. He's been awesome. Uh, Spencer Strider was another one. He unfortunately took some hits today. Uh, Didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Not the way the yeah, Giants have been hidden. I was shocked. <laughs> that that one's a high scoring game right now too. I'm not yeah. sure if it's over yet, but it's yeah, nine to eight in the one. bottom of the eighth right now. Yeah, <laughs> so that one definitely hurts the Strider today. But uh, no, but otherwise he's been awesome. Uh, but yeah, there, uh, Thomas and Kirby were two others that I were really aggressive on that that weekend. So far, it's it's worked out a bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, other than that. Uh, yeah, just being pretty aggressive early on. Right now, I'm pretty much going forward, just uh, like trying to manage injuries. I have a lot of pitcher injuries right now, so I've, I haven't even been able to go after any big guys. So, uh, like last week, I, I got John Gray in one league, but otherwise, I've been getting like some middle relievers here and there. Eli Morgan was one I picked up, I think, for just for like a buck, just to throw in a, a pitcher spot because I had all my guys injured. <laughs> 
it's it's wild right now. That's why I was kind of joking at the beginning with our recent news. Like it wasn't as long as usual. I've had some episodes where it's just like, God, so many injuries. This is ridiculous right now. Um, yeah. Are are you usually aggressive early on, or is that just kind of how this season went? Because honestly, Thomas and Kirby were two really good targets. Like I'm usually a very um, like I guess cautious bidder. Like I was in on Alec Thomas and I was in on Kirby. I didn't get Kirby. I got Thomas in a few places. Um, so like there's some I really like and there's some like I don't understand. But um, are you usually a pretty aggressive bidder? The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, I usually am pretty aggressive early on, but so- sometimes it works, and sometimes I'm, I'm, I regret it later on down the line because I'm like, oh man, I, <laughs> I, when injuries start piling up in the summer, that's that's when you're like, oh, wish I had just a few extra bucks here and there. On, on the bright side, is there's so much fantasy football going on right now. Pretty soon, people are going to be really cheap to to acquire, so don't you worry about that. Yeah, that is com- <laughs> that is coming around the corner. All right, let's get into some players. I mentioned there was one player in the OCs added in over 100 leagues, and that was one Kendall Graveman added in 170 OC leagues. It's pretty much almost all of them. A max bid of 271. I always love there's like dollar dollar winners in, in OCs. Um, people on Monday night that spent especially 271 were not happy at all to watch Joe Kelly get the save chance for the White Sox. He did give up two runs. He did the Joe Kelly thing. So yeah. that's like th- that's the optimistic part if you have Kendall Graveman. But what's your thoughts on this? Because I ag- I thought Graveman was the guy. I was not nearly that aggressive. But uh, what are you thinking about the addition of Kendall Graveman and the situation in Chicago? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's definitely too aggressive there for uh, for Graveman. But um, so yeah, looking looking at that Monday game, uh, looks like he was using the eighth inning with. Uh, Vlad and Teoscar up so I mean if that's if that's how it's gonna go you know you just kind of using him uh with the toughest part of the lineup coming up and if that's gonna be the eighth inning with with Joe Kelly there now now that he's back um in, in the mix for the saves I mean then you know maybe the two runs that Kelly gave up um you know maybe that secures Graveman a little bit more in the ninth inning but but we'll have to see there I, I would still trust Graveman to be the guy for the most part I think just looking at the context of, of Monday's game with, with Vlad and Teoscar up, I think, I think more often than not, you'll see Graveman there in the ninth while, while Hendricks is out. But yeah, I don't, don't blame uh, LaRusso there for going to Graveman in the eighth uh, with those matchups. Yep. Yep. It seemed like he got the high leverage role, which is definitely a, a good thing there. So there is optimism between that watching Kelly do Kelly things. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked. I think the White Sox are actually winning two to nothing when we started recording. So we might have a new answer tonight. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, it's always fun to see who is super aggressive. Like, I, I've always told like Toby and stuff. I'm like, I'd love to be able to know who it was and ask them <laughs> what made you be so. Just out of curiosity, because like every teach their own, teach their own. There's no perfect recipe for Fab, but I just wanted like, were you like that desperate for saves, or what was it that made you go to save? I'm just really curious on the thought process and trying to learn more about Fab bidding, basically. So, would be fun to know. The second most acquired player. Did not pan out well either. Anthony DiScalfani was added in 86 leagues as high as $89. He had a two-step coming off the IL this week, and his um, rehab starts weren't great either, but his pitch count was getting up. He lasted three innings against the Braves, gave up five runs, two home runs, only struck out three. It was not good, Ore, and it's been an overall rocky start to the season for him. It hasn't been much. He's been hurt a lot, but it's been it's been rocky, to say the least. So, um Disco, were you in on him this week? Like, I, I, I'll be honest. I had like 
eight or nine dollar bids on them. I wasn't like super aggressive. I was like, okay, if I got them, I got them. But how are you approaching Disco this week? I did. I did put in some bids for for Disco. I don't think I would have started him though. Just, I mean, like you said, the the rehab uh, outings weren't weren't all that good. Um, he had given up some runs before getting injured. It just, I, I think. I think he's going to be useful, um, but I think you got to give him some time. Uh, you, you consider just how much time he, he had to miss with the ankle, uh, the, the late start to spring training, uh, I think might have had a factor. And then, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking at maybe 20 innings of, of work so far from him this year. I think you got to give it some time. But I, I did go after him. I, I don't think I would have started him this year, even with the two-step just coming off the injury right away. But I, I, I do think, I think we, you know, from what we've seen last year, um, I've given some time to settle in, uh, give it a few weeks, and uh, I, I think he'll be useful down the stretch. Yeah, these Giants pitchers, you know, they've all had their hiccups, but they're, they're going to be serviceable. Like Cobb's still going to be fine. Wood's going to have his moments. Uh, Rodon, he had his hiccup. He's back to being Rodon. It's, mm-hmm. They're good pitchers with good coaching. So I, I don't see long-term issues with these guys, but you never know. Things happen. Um, yeah. ne- next up, a guy that I was aggressive on, I was surprised I was – aggressive enough because i didn't think i would be bidding that much but i won alex kirloff in a lot of places he was added in 79 leagues as high as 121 i was not close to that and this is where it's fun all those other guys one dollar bids the lowest bid on kirloff was three dollars so there was actually aggressive kind of aggressive people on alex kirloff he had two hits on tuesday night including a two-run double so that's big and he was mashing in triple a like destroying baseballs in triple a before he got recalled so what's your thoughts on kirloff is it like he was mashing last year before his wrist injury. Like, so we know what the kid can do. Is it time to just let him go and hopefully he stays healthy? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Kirilov was one that I was really going after this weekend as well. Uh, he, he's someone that I, I drafted and yeah, I mean the, the injury kind of burned me there, but I'm hoping that he can come through here uh, go, heading into the second half. And like you said, absolutely destroy triple a pitching. Uh, I, you got to think that that wrist is okay. Now I think he hit his, uh, Today's double was his third double since coming back, and I don't think he even had uh, an extra base hit uh, but before he got hurt. So, I mean, that's a good sign for sure. Um, so, you know, he just – he wasn't right. Even the strikeout rate was was way up before before he, he went on the injured list. And, and uh, so I, I think definitely what, what he's done uh, between his rehab assignment and, and what he's done in these, uh, these uh, few games uh, with him back so far, I think uh, it's a really good sign. And yeah, I would have been very, very aggressive on him this last weekend, and then hoping that, uh, yeah, he's he can uh, he, he flashed that potential last year, and, and you know the the average wasn't great, but the power was there, and you just saw like he was primed for a breakout. You look at the underlying numbers, the hard hit rate, the strikeout rate was decent, um, and and you just saw the breakout was written all over him, and so you you just hope that he's he's over that wrist injury, and and he could really come through for us down the stretch. Yeah, last year that barrel rate, that hard hit rate was just awesome. Before that wrist injury, like you could, like you said, you could feel like this breakout coming, and it just uh, the injury occurred. It didn't happen, and the wrist injuries take a while to get back from. So, hopefully, we get to see that here in the second half. I'm 100 percent with you on that one. C.J. Abrams. People saw the Manny Machado injury. They saw the delay on Fernando Tatis. They're like, we're going to speculate on C.J. Abrams. Well, as far as I'm aware, unless something's happened in the last couple hours, C.J. Abrams still in AAA. We'll see. It could be up any day. But he was added in 78 leagues as high as $112 for a guy that's not even in the big jet. That's, that's, that's bold. But he does have seven home runs, 10 stolen bases in AAA this year, with a 314 average. That's over 30 games. He's doing great there. Didn't do so great in his little time in the bigs. But maybe, you know, a second chance is what he needs. Uh, were you in on a guy like C.J. Abrams this week? Or what are your expectations for C.J. Abrams? Because some people think he's the time is now. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did uh, call him up. I think he was, um, I think he might've played um, Sunday and, and, or might've played Monday or might've played Monday. Um, So I think he, I think he was called up. I'm not sure if they sent him back down, but no, I, he, he's someone that, no, I, I wasn't. They they uh, recalled him yesterday. They called him up yesterday. You are correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he he's up, but yeah, I, I'm just I'm not sure. Um, I, I think I mean he's the kid's 21 years old, um, doesn't have a whole lot of time uh, a whole lot of time in the minors. Uh, I, I think um, yeah, this this is kind of a you know desperation move right now for for the Padres. Which I mean, hey, the Padres have been doing good. They're they're the ones leading the division right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the Manny Machado injury, of course, it's just so unfortunate. Love love what he's done. 
But uh, Abrams, no, I, I think I would really temper my expectations with, with Abrams. I, I think he uh, just needs a little bit more seasoning, I think, really. Um, just doesn't have the experience quite yet. And that was my thing. Cause like he had the good spring and he made the team, but he, what he, I just had his page up. Like last year, I think he got as high as double A, I think is what it was. Let me go back to his mm-hmm. page real quick. So it was only, yeah, yeah 42 yeah. games in double A. And so that's year. a jump. Like people think that's a big, big jump to, uh, to make that happen. So it'll be interesting to see where he comes here. Machado won't be out for too long and they'll kind of have to play that one as, as it is. Like, um, you know, Kim's been okay, not bad. You got Profar playing well, Cronenworth's playing well, Voigt starting to hit. Uh, like you mentioned, they're in first place. So they're, they're playing good baseball right now. So where does Abrams fit in? Because you don't want to call him up just to sit him or platoon him. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out in uh, in San Diego. Next up, we have Ezekiel Duran of the Texas Rangers added in 77 leagues, as high as $82, as low as one. Uh, Duran did not play on Tuesday night, but he's hitting 291 since he's got called up with two homers and two stolen bases. I love the what we're seeing from him so far. The And I was like digging in on him last week. I wrote him up for a fantasy pros or a fan tracks article or something and i was just i was really excited to see what he had and since then at the back end of last week and even tonight he has been platooned which was not what he was doing early on so i am curious what the rangers are going to do going forward that may be something for mike curlin to figure out with his lineup (laughs) stuff but um what's your thoughts on Durant? because i know some very uh, smart nfbc players were in on him this week yeah he's I, i mean he's someone i've kind of paid attention to um like in a dynasty context the last few years, uh, he, he was coming up with the Yankee system and uh, the power has always been legit and uh, he, he'll still double digit bases in the, in the minor leagues. And uh, really it was, it was the hit tool, lot, lots of strikeouts there. Uh, but he's, yeah, definitely flashed um, some, some potential here so far in, in his time with those two homers, two steals. He just hasn't really not showing very good uh, plate discipline and, and, uh, I mean, ground balls, the ground ball rate is, is up 62% ground ball rate, but he's never really been a ground ball uh, hitter in, in the minor leagues, uh, always leaning more towards towards those fly balls, uh, hit, hitting for that power. But, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I think I think this one is going to be – I mean, anytime you see a, a guy with power potential coming up at, at third base, you know, we mentioned Jake Berger earlier, just given the, the uh, landscape of the third base position and, and, and Durant could steal a few bases too. So that's even, you know, the amount of guys that could steal some bags at third base, you know, it's, there's, there's only a couple of them. So uh, he's definitely interesting. I just think he's going to be a bit volatile and uh, yeah, especially if they're going to platoon him. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. I, I didn't think they were going to, and maybe it's just kind of a blip on the radar and hopefully they don't. Cause I love the power speed combo, but it always hurts with the platoon situation. You need those at-bats. It's a very, very important thing that's been developed by smart people that have proven the point time and time again that you need those at-bats. And uh, speaking of third basements with speed, I just have to sidetrack. Did you grab any shares of John Birdie a few weeks ago? I did not. I did not. <laughs> that dude is unbelievable. Like, I'm mad at myself. Yeah. I, didn't get, I didn't get him in more places. I have. I got him in, like, maybe half of my teams. I'm just mad at myself now. Like, it was, it's crazy how good he is. It's it's insane. Yeah, he's been running wild. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. Fun to watch. Uh, what else is fun to watch is Riley Green. We said the Pirates are becoming watchable. The Tigers kind of are too. And Riley Green's a big reason why he's got uh, two more hits on Tuesday night. That gives him five hits, I believe, in his first three games since getting called up. He was supposed to start the season with the team, but an injury derailed that. So he started a, a little rehab in the minors and 15 minor league games, homer, three stolen bases. He's ready to rock and roll. This kid's legit. Um, I didn't get him anywhere because I didn't spend the money that was required. But then looking at this, he went as high as 375, as low as 44. So everybody was in on him, at least in every league, for something. Uh, what's your thoughts on Riley Green? Because he looks, again, small sample, looks like the real deal. No, yeah, I, I agree 100%. He had an absolute monster season in the minors last year, and he looked like he was going to carry that over, had a really good spring. I uh, was ready to watch him and, uh, you know, start the season with the Tigers. And unfortunately with that, so, so unfortunate with that injury, but yeah, uh, he, he does look like the real deal. Um, and like you said, off to, off to a good start so far uh, with those two hits today. Yeah. He, he's someone that uh, I, I think I grabbed in like a couple DCs. So I, I do have some, some Riley green out there, but uh, wasn't able to be aggressive with him these last couple of weeks. He, he's someone that like, maybe you've seen him like getting scooped up the last couple of weeks as he's been on his rehab assignment. But uh, yeah, I wish like, yeah. Uh, likewise, I wish I had more Riley green. 
Yeah, I kept telling myself to add him and stash him, and I needed other pieces and kept grabbing other pieces, and now I'm mad at myself. Very mad at myself for this, but that that's what we do. We get mad at ourselves for the things we don't do, <laughs> not the good things we do do. So, um, yeah, Riley Green's one of those guys. Like, um, like I like our Alec Thomas. Me and you both got Alec Thomas shares, but it's like, I think I'd rather have Riley Green. I think I would, so this is going to sting. <laughs> but uh, those different times of the season, and that's how things go. Um, next up, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Picked up in 69 leagues as high as 228. Someone was more desperate than they were for oh, Kendall Gray was 271 and as low as three dollars. And similar, which is very surprising, you had you know Graveman not get the save in the first outing. Well, Dominguez got a save on the 18th and he's got some holds. Brad Hand's gotten some saves. This seems like a committee potentially in Philadelphia, but everybody was in on Sir Anthony this week, not so much on Brad Hand. Brad Hand got picked up in a few, we'll get to him in a couple minutes here, but uh. What's your thoughts on Sir Anthony Dominguez? If you want, we can just throw Brad Hand in now. What's your thoughts on the Philly situation? Yeah, so, so big. I've been a big fan of Sir Anthony Dominguez. He's yeah, what he's doing is is awesome. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those situations where it's going to be a committee. I think the the who's coming up, you know, the matchups are going to dictate a, a lot of that. Um, so far, Brad Hand has gotten the two you know traditional save opportunities. He did blow the save uh, that second save where uh, I think Sir Anthony got the the save in the 10th. Uh, so you might see Brad Hand kind of, you know, a, a little bit more in that traditional ninth, ninth inning, depending on those matchups. Um, but I mean, if they, if, I mean, Sir Anthony, the, the skills are, are legit. Uh, Brad Hand, he's been kind of been able to get by, but the underlying numbers don't look very, very pretty for him uh, at all. You know, they're actually look pretty similar to Knable, who, you know, was, was relegated to, to middle relief. Um, so we'll see how much longer uh, Hand can can sustain uh, that role out there. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Sir Anthony take over um, as the season progresses. I hope he does because, like you said, I you were a fan of his. I remember it was like two years ago, I think, he had a run at the closers role, and I was mm-hmm. all aboard that train. Like the dude's got nasty stuff. So hopefully he can uh, he can make it work for sure. And for those keeping track at home, Brad Hand was added in 68 leagues as high as $91, as low as $1. Also added in 68 leagues was Zach Davies, uh, as high as 36, as low as one. Zach had a two-step this week. He had four runs in six innings against the Padres last on Monday night. But, you know, he hasn't been great, great, but he's been very serviceable. A couple seven innings, no runs. You know, he had quality starts, basically, three runs or less for a while there. And more importantly is he's actually striking guys out of late, which is not the normal Zach Davies repertoire. Um, I wasn't in on Zach Davies. I understood people wanting to grab Zach Davies. What's your thoughts? Like, is this real for Zach Davies or is it like a good run that you just kind of ignore because it's Zach Davies? Yeah, no, uh, he's not someone that I was, I was really in on either. Um, like you said, strikeouts were up recently uh, over the last like three starts before he had like six strikeouts and then seven strikeouts and back to back outings. But, uh, someone like Davies, you know, these soft tossers, I I think you're going to see, uh, you know, you're going to see this, these ups and downs. Um, it's it's going to be hard for, for guys like this to be consistent. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's going to be times where they get really lucky with, with, you know, BABIP and, you know, they can toss seven shutout innings. Um, there's going to be other times where they just get hit hard. And, um, you know, those strikeouts, I don't know how much that might have to do with the, the matchups there. And they, they came against uh, Pittsburgh and then two starts against Cincinnati. Um, so, I mean, yes. That definitely helps. I, I think for me, Davies, I, I can I can definitely understand picking him up, uh, but I think he's I, I think he's no more than a streamer. Yeah, hundred percent with you on that one. So like, I get it, two step. I just uh, it's hard for me to buy into what he's doing at this point in time. A guy that I was in on, and because I knew I I got him for cheaper bids than other players was Brendan Donovan. Added in sixty four leagues, as high as seventy one, as low as a dollar. Uh, Multi position eligibility through the roof, which is great. Great batting average ass. He's hitting 315 this year. One homer, two stolen bases. Not going to give you a ton of power. Like throughout the minors, he's a five or six home run guy. Got some stol- steals for you, but pretty much always hitting for average. And he's going to score a ton of runs in that uh, very good Cardinals offense right now. So that was one of the things I was looking for. You get batting average, you get runs, maybe throw him the occasional home run and stolen base in there. And that flexibility, because you mentioned earlier, all these injuries right now, a player like that stands out so much more to me. Um, it could all fall up short. He's a young kid. Maybe something changes, but for now, I'm going to ride that wave. What's your thoughts on Brendan Donovan so far? Like Everyone likes Juan Yepes. Everyone liked Nolan Gorman, where Donovan's kind of been the rookie to have in St. Louis. 
Yep. Yeah. I'm with you right now. Um, uh, in a lot of spots, I'm, I'm looking for playing time, looking to manage these injuries and Donovan's been in the lineup every day. He's been, you know, moving all around the diamond has games at second outfield, third, short first. I mean, he's been playing everywhere. And, um, yeah, I think, I think the, the hit tool is legit. I think the hit tool is definitely legit. So, I mean, as long as he can continue to, to get on base, he's going to score a ton of runs. Like you said, hitting in front of Goldie and, and Arenado, uh, he's going to steal a few bags, probably, you know, may may get you you know five and five or so something like that it's not not gonna doesn't have a ton of category juice but he's gonna have playing time he's gonna be able to plug him in in multiple spots and uh, yeah i think uh provide a good solid average and score some runs so uh yeah i could definitely uh, see the appeal there with donovan yeah no he he checked the boxes there um a guy we won't get to but i was putting bids in on and in similar situations johnny vr just for the fact he plays everywhere and now with the injuries to uh to Madrigal and company, he'll probably play a lot more. So that's another guy for those out there in deeper leagues. If you're looking for just multi, like just just at bats, with the potential to get you some stolen bases and stuff, VR is another guy to take a peek at. Um, next up, we have Jorge Alfaro for the ever revolving catcher's world slash outfield eligibility. Added in 62 leagues as high as 37. dollars Jorge's playing well, hitting 280, five jacks, one stolen base. A lot of the powers come over the last few weeks. Um, he's been very serviceable, but it is Jorge Alfaro. Uh, how is your catcher situation this year? And are you looking for guys like Alfaro to pick up? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was all in on Danny Jansen and uh, MJ Melendez. Melendez has has worked out. Jansen, too. I mean, when he's been out there, he's been mashing, man. He's been he's been awesome when he's out there. It's just, ah, man, he just can't stay on the field, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, so waiting for Jansen to come back. Uh, th- those two guys I was, I was really all in on. So, yeah, uh, Alfaro. Uh, really I, I don't like looking into him a bit you know not a whole lot looks different like he's always hit the ball hard uh, and he's always struck out a lot uh, the difference this year is a uh, big difference in his ground ball rate he's really lifted the ball he 29 line drive rate right now um so yeah i think that's that's really kind of that's really kind of anchored that that batting average where, where it's at the, the 280 batting average because he's still striking out 32 percent of the time but uh, yeah, he's just he's raised that. Looks like he's just raised that launch angle and and uh, yeah, hit, hitting more line drives. So yeah, he's been playing a lot there um, with the Padres too. So yeah, I definitely like if I if I need a second catcher somewhere, I'm definitely uh, look taking a look at Alfaro. Yeah, I don't mind him at all. Christian Betancourt was another one that's been added in mm-hmm. recent weeks to look at. There seems to be a, a catcher or two each week you can kind of take a chance at if you need to. Uh, Edward Olivares was added in 62 leagues. He's coming off the IL shortly, was leading off before he got hurt, so someone to keep an eye on in certain leagues. I wanted to ask you about Luis Gonzalez of our Giants. Uh, added in 61 leagues, as high as $59, as low as $1. And Gonzalez is hitting 302 right now, even after going 0 for 5 on uh, on Tuesday night with uh, three home runs, seven stolen bases. And in a team that platoons a lot, he's finding his way in the lineup almost every night or like I wrote him up as a deeper league option in the outfield this week. Um, I'm still worried because at any moment Kapler can start platooning because that's what Kapler does. But what's your thoughts on what we're seeing from Luis Gonzalez? Cause when he came up the first time he hit, got sent down injury, brought him back and he continues to hit the baseball and it, you know, going into the season, didn't feel like he was an option for the giants. And here he is. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, another guy that they've been able to, to get off, <clears throat> off waivers and uh, get some production out of, and he's just kind of doing a little bit of everything across the board, right? I mean, three homers, seven steals, hitting for a good average. He's getting on base. Uh, he's been leading off against righties. So, yeah, I definitely like what Luis Gonzalez is doing. And uh, I don't really see a whole lot to to not buy into here. Like, I, I don't know if he's going to sustain a 372 Babbitt. That might come down a bit, but he's not striking out a ton. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's he's running. He's, he's seven for nine on the bases, so... Um, yeah, I guess things will, might get interesting when the Giants have, have to make a decision on like Lamont Wade when he's ready to come back. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. But I definitely like what, what Gonzalez is doing. And I think, uh, you know, he's someone who can pr- provide a little solid production across the board there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's definitely serviceable, especially deeper leagues. If you want to run with him while he's out there in like 12s, I don't hate it. It's not as, as appealing mm-hmm. as some others, but I, I get it. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm intrigued with what they're doing with him and seeing where it goes forward. 
Uh, were there any other players that you were in on this week we have not discussed? Like Nick Lodolo is coming back soon, so people are stashing him. Johnny Cueto shocked the world, but I don't still buy that. Orlando Garcia is playing a ton for Ozzy Albies now. Was there any way that you were looking at this week that uh, we did not get to? Yeah, or, or Orlando Garcia was actually a good one. He's been – his bad ball quality has been amazing uh, in his time. He's just been hitting the ball hard. And that whole – like that Atlanta offense has been uh, – yeah, yeah, they've been they've been awesome. Uh, yeah, so Garcia was one. Uh, let's see. I was uh, – Gonzalez was another one that, that I was looking, looking at. Uh, not sure. Not sure. Can't really think of any more off the top of my head. But yeah, de- definitely those were a couple guys. Yeah, like I was saying, it wasn't like a massive week. And then just looking at the overall results for OCs, it wasn't like everyone was going crazy uh, on certain deals. Like I grabbed Aaron Savali in a couple places for his two step, like for seven bucks. Like it was cheap. Mm-hmm. Got Joey, got Johnny VR for like six bucks. You know, and I was like, I was not breaking the bank anywhere except Kirloff, but that was like 44 bucks. So I don't consider that breaking the bank. Like, um, so I pretty much most of the guys I think we talked about, like Savali would have been the only one we didn't talk about, mainly because he's coming back from the IL. I was willing to take the two step. I'm looking through my, I'm just scrolling through mine real quick. I got a couple disco shares for like six bucks. So that's not feeling great. But a lot of Brendan Donovan, a lot of Alex Kirilov this past week, a lot of Savali this past week. But uh, those were kind of where I was uh, planting my fat flag. And, and most of the time, like I talk about, I'm pretty much a 12 team guy. I do have obviously Barf's 15. And um, TGFBI is 15. How are you doing in your earthly years? Was it Scarf that you guys have down there? Yeah, yeah. We got a Scarf together down here in, in uh, Southern California. Um, I've, uh, I've been in first uh, pretty much the whole season. Humble brag. I've been in first, <laughs> yes. <I'm>, <laughs> this, 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 is my, this is the league I've been, <laughs> been uh, doing best in here. So, um yeah, uh, the our our league though has been picking it up. Scarf was down at, in in the bottom for a long time, and uh, our whole league together has kind of been picking it up. I think uh, as a league of the ten leagues, I think we're in third or fourth uh, collectively right now. But um, I've been doing really good there actually, um, and I act, like that was a build. That team build was one that uh, I, I wasn't really going after in like a lot of my DCs and stuff. Uh, I think I got a. I started that league with a. Corbin Burns, Josh Hader, and Sandy Alcantara. So I went three pitchers. Ooh, that'll lock and up the pitching uh, staff for you. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also, uh, that was the league I picked up uh, Kyle Wright and Spencer Strider early on. <laughs> also got Alec Thomas and, and George Kirby. And then it's uh, I think my first two. In first place. Yeah. 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 My first two hitters were uh, Pete Alonzo and uh, Jazz Chisholm. So, <laughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Jorge's a very humble, nice guy. And, but anybody that you talk to that's drafted with Jorge will tell you how miserable life is drafting with you. Cause we've talked about, we've been in group chats during slow drafts. And it's like, <laughs> you don't want to be next to him. You don't, it's the worst. So um, it doesn't surprise me that it just came into fruition for you there. Um, Cause one thing it also I've noticed with you and I don't like, I'm not like Zach Waxman that like studies everybody's profile of drafts and has a book on it, but just, I've drafted enough with you. You know, certain guys do have a book like hey, this is who I'm taking. Mm-hmm. You're very flexible. And that's what makes you even more annoying to draft with because <laughs> like you like certain players and like we might like certain players the same and you're willing to jump. And that's what's what's funny. You will jump ADP to get your guys. And that's what sucks drafting next to you. <laughs> yeah yeah de- de- i um yeah i i have i have guys that for me i mean drafting is just so so much fun just putting the pieces together um putting that puzzle together and adjusting through the draft you know knowing um where you can take which guys and and where you can target certain categories and certain types of players and i i love it and and uh, i mean you a lot of the guys that we draft with, you know, we're all sharp and we all, you know, have a lot of the info and stuff. And so you, you, that's, that's often uh, the, the case where we're drafting together where it's like, man, we're just sniping each other left and right. <laughs> yep, that's fun. That's why I, 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 we do most of them like the slow drafts online or whatever, but doing that one live in FPAS, even though it doesn't really count, it was just fun because we could all trash talk in the same room. And it was just yeah. like, great. The snipes were live and in person. And that's what made it so much more fun. <laughs> instead of like a DM or something about it. So that was a very, very exciting as well. All right. We have a listener question for this evening. And it's from one John, Johnny L, big John stud, Mr. MLB moving averages himself. He has a question. 
what's the furthest behind in a league you've ever been in late June and still won? I can't tell if there's still time or if I'm being stubborn. Can you recall a time when you made a big comeback before? Oh, man. I want to say, you know, I haven't been playing uh, rotisserie for all too long, maybe like three or four years now. I really got uh, into head-to-head um, when I first like started playing fantasy. I've been, you know, maybe six years ago. Um, but I, I think my biggest comeback has been like maybe middle of the pack, like eighth or ninth place. I've uh, been able to, to come back and, and cash. Um, I don't think I finished first, but I've been able to, to like finish like top three uh, from, from like eighth, eighth or ninth back. Um, other than that, don't think uh, just personally, I don't, I don't think I've have a team where like, I've been able to come back, like being in like the bottom, bottom third of the league, uh, at least talking about like 15 teamers. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's gotta be like the eight or nine spots. Like I'm looking at a lot of my leagues. I, I really, really care about. And I think I'm like in sixth place or better. And I'm so I'm like, okay, I still got shots. Like this is still mm-hmm. doable. Uh, it's those ones where you see yourself like in 10th or 11th place. You're just like, <laughs> This might be a little tough. Might be a little tough. So uh, it's not impossible though, because I know people have said it many times. I've heard a lot of guys talk about, it. like Rob Silver. I think was like in twelfth or thirteenth the year he won the overall. Um, there's there's a handful of guys that have done that. You just got to grind. Like you got to get that O'Neill Cruz. You have to get like some mm-hmm. of these. You have to get the John Birdie that goes and steals you twenty five bases. Like you just have to hit the right spots. A lot of as much as we like to say we know a lot of stuff and do our work, a lot of it's luck. A lot of it's luck. Like you just got to get the right thing to fall into place. So I wouldn't say it's impossible. Let's put it that way. Um, so don't get down, John. Don't get down. Some people don't even look at the standings yet. So you're okay. You're good. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're a good big John stud. I wouldn't worry about it too much. But all right, Jorge, we're going to wrap things up there. Always fun, my friend. Before we head on out of here, once again, let everybody know what you got going on at NBC Sports Edge and everything else. Yeah, man. Always a good time and looking forward to hanging out again in, in Arizona. But uh, yeah, you could uh, catch my stuff over on uh, NBC Sports Edge uh, every Monday. Take a look uh, for those 5x5 five five finds. And then um, I'll be uh, hoping to get back on with, with Mike short, uh, shortly here on Back on Bases Loaded upon the next couple weeks. That'd be fun. Good to see, hear you guys on the mic again. And uh, I know we'll be chatting in the near future. and Looking forward to FPAS as well. It'll be tons and tons of fun. Make sure you guys all check out Jorge on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. Always great follow. Always great information. Always a great guy. George, thanks for joining me, my friend. All right, everybody. This was Ben with Bubba, episode 482. Catch you guys later.